If I were to be told that I had to give up one of my senses and I had to choose which one it would be, I don't know what it would be, but I'm pretty sure that it wouldn't be sight. I love being able to see. I used to have really good eyesight. I was a baseball player. And when I was a batter, I loved to be able to see those four-seam fastballs, the seams spinning backwards. And I loved being able to see the curveball as the seams spun forward and to the side. I, it's not that way anymore. But I so love sight that I could barely go to sleep at night in a room that's totally dark because I, I hate to wake up in the, in the middle of total darkness. I'm disoriented and I'm afraid. We're introduced to a man today that that's his whole life living in complete darkness. And John uses this story to help us understand something about Jesus who's come to be the light of the world in the face of the darkness and the blindness. Can you imagine what it was like for this man to have his eyes open for the first time and to see colors like fire engine red and cobalt blue and and, and school bus yellow. And I think there, there, there are two lines in this story that, that leaped out to me that I'd like to talk about briefly. The first is, all I know is that I was blind, I could not see, but now I do. But I think that John has a deeper purpose than just physical sight because this story seems to be a singularity. I mean, it isn't like Jesus goes around and makes every blind person be able to see. It's, he's, there's a deeper spiritual blindness that is being taken away. At first, the man, he gets Jesus' name and he simply does what he's asked to do. And over time, he gets a little bit more insight into who he is until there's full insight into who this is. He recognizes that he's a prophet. And then he's given enough insight to recognize that the leaders don't understand that what has happened here really is from God. And so he's given enough wisdom that he can come back at them with sarcasm. Oh, do you want to be his disciples maybe? And then finally, when Jesus reveals himself to the man as the son of man, he worships him as Messiah. That is the gift of sight that John would have us celebrate as Jesus is the light of the world. I've seen that kind of joy at a deeper sight in a couple of people of a couple of people who are friends of mine that are physically blind. Not too long ago, a lady that I know who knew that her eyesight was failing and that she was descending into blindness asked me to give her a picture of one of my favorite paintings by my favorite artist, Georges Rouault. 
It's the one color representation that Rouault did of resurrected Jesus. And even as she was losing her eyesight, she wanted to hold on to the hope of resurrection. And it's been a difficult journey for her. She misses being able to see, but she knows. She knows a greater vision, and she knows that one day that sight will be restored. I have another friend who's a brilliant chemist and grew up blind and has always had a certain ebullience about his countenance, a certain smile that he always shared, and plays the best bluegrass guitar I've ever heard. And I used to just sit and watch him play and marvel at the joy that was coming out through his fingers because he knew, he knew this vision. He could see Jesus as the light of the world. That's the, the kind of thing that John Newton picked up from this passage. John Newton, slave trader, who is brought <laughs> very much against his will to the lordship of Jesus Christ and realizes that the pride and the arrogance in his heart had been blindness and the way that he treated the Africans that he was shipping from Africa through the Middle Passage to the New World in slavery, that he had not seen them as fellow human beings. And what Jesus Christ teaches him is that, well, he writes it in amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. He could see himself for who he really was and how he could be made new in Jesus Christ. And he began to see people where once he had seen profit. One thing that the coronavirus that's spreading around the world teaches us now is that we all share one blood, one humanity, one destiny. And so this is a time to live into the light of God's having created all human beings to bear His image and to pray for the whole planet and every person on it. And, but then especially for those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, to pray for and to work towards the telling of the good news that there is a deeper, that there is a, a, a deeper sickness within us that can only be healed by the one who came to be the bread of life, who came to be the light of the world, who came to be, to be deep and lasting drink for thirsty souls. The second line that I wanted to pick up on today was at the end of the story where Jesus says that his mission had been to provide sight for those who cannot see and to make those who think they see, to make them blind. Jesus is saying, I want you to look beyond appearances. He is 
he is, he is critiquing the Pharisees who are attacking the man, who can only see surface issues like, well, did this man sin or did his parents? Surely, somebody who's breaking Sabbath can't be doing God's work. And Jesus wants us to see beyond what is on the surface. And here, David, I think, is the, is the great exemplar of what Jesus would have us understand. In our Old Testament story, the whole family is to gather for a big, for a big party and some sort of, we don't know exactly if they knew all that was going on, but it was a very festive occasion. And David is out keeping the sheep. And David, in the solitude of his circumstances, doesn't see that. In the privation, he sees the poetry. And this being not the first experience of David separated from everybody else, winds up contemplating the Lord as his shepherd. And he sees his task of taking the sheep and getting them to green pastures and fresh waters as a picture of what the Lord does for him. He sees in his tools the rod that he uses to protect the sheep and the staff that he uses to guide them. More than mere tools, but a picture of the way that his Lord takes care of him. And I don't know that he would have had uh, an, an insight of what was going to happen a thousand years later when two other pieces of wood would be crossed with one another and the Lord of glory, David's own Lord, would hang there so that the ultimate valley of the shadow of death would have no fear for us. And did he, when he talked about being anointed on his head as he would refresh himself and to, and to, and to enjoy whatever provision he had as a feast from the Lord, did he have a sense of the, the washing, the anointing, the baptism of the forgiveness of sins that we enjoy, and the feast of coming together as God's family? What we do know is that he understood that his shepherd would carry him all the way through to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this day, whatever your circumstances, your situation, whether you're healthy or sick, whether you're fearful or confident, whether things are going okay or whether they're really not, may you know the Lord as your shepherd. May you know the Lord Jesus Christ as the bread of life and the sweet wine that brings satisfaction and ultimate healing. May you know His deep peace in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.